Rodrigo here, realestatepodcastshow.com. Wanted to do a little special intro about today's episode and make sure that you guys understand where this podcast comes from and where it's going. This, the idea of my show, which is realestatepodcastshow.com, obviously that is the majority of the topic, uh, real estate and related to real estate, but even deeper than that, even more important than that, and this is true with uh, the conversation you're about to hear, uh, is the relationships that I've created over the years being um, being the main subject matter of what I do. That is the content that you're listening to. So the storytelling, the incredible people I've met, and of course, those of you who I have yet to meet, Uh, that I'm really looking forward to meeting. I don't know who you are, but if this type of relationship, uh, you know, where we share stories, where we, again, go beyond the transaction. And that's really what it's all about, is I don't just stop um, being interested in someone. And that's, again, it's been a blessing and it's been a curse. Because for me, becoming friends with those I work with, to me, it's natural to want to have a human, normal relationship with people that starts before we do any business and goes long after we do any business. And these are people um, that you'll that you'll meet on my podcast, some of which I've known over 20 years, people even I've known before real estate. But again, just people I've had in my life, good people, positive people, and most importantly, part of the, you know, sort of the network of people that I choose to be around, you know, as I get older, and I know, you know, hopefully, uh, and you do too, uh, more of what you want in life, you know who you want to be around more. And some people you just don't want to be around as much others, you want to have more of them in your lives. So I hope meeting Steve Dennis and hearing his story today um, gives you that understanding. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and review the podcast for me because, of course, that helps me immensely, helps me get the word out about what it is that I'm doing here, the network I'm creating. Uh, And again, if you've got a great story to share, if you've got something that you want to talk about, any important causes, or if you've done anything Um, in your life, uh, again, similar to the person's story you're about to hear, please connect with me and let's discuss it. Have a great day. Cool. Five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever in the world you guys are listening. This is Paul realestatepodcastshow.com today is going to be um, one of the special episodes that that I really love doing is connecting um, you, the listener, with the people that I have been blessed to uh, encounter over the years through friends of friends, through um, clients, and all sorts of different ways. It's just sort of how the world works to connect us all. Um, and someone I wanted to introduce you guys, all, all of you, to is... Um, uh, a, a very good friend of mine, someone I've had the chance to meet with. We've had coffee. We sat down. We've got uh, obviously some really great mutual friends. 
Um, and I wanted to sort of introduce you to him and um, let you hear his story from the most powerful perspective you could, which is from him directly, because you may, after you hear this, you may go and uh, look him up and, and you'll hear the story and it'll be, you know, mind blowing, but um, it's, it's really not going to ever be any better than uh, from uh, this gentleman himself. So welcome, Steve. Um, welcome, Steve Dennis to uh, the Real Estate Podcast Show. Hey, Paul. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, great to be here. Great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. Great to hear from you. Thanks for putting up with my uh, feline technical difficulties um, <laughs> that I've had to deal with today. My cat literally turned off the power bar to my modem uh, as we were about to start this podcast. So it, it doesn't get any more real life uh, than that when you've got a bunch of pets in your house, which we just do. Um, so Steve, let me um, let me have you do the introduction because I don't think I could do it, uh, you know, at all or nearly as well as, as, as uh, you know, who you are, where you're from, um, and, and a little bit about, uh, you know, sort of your, your story. Right. Well, thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, so uh, who I am, where I'm from, and what, what I'm doing. Um, well, my name is Steve Dennis. I'm from Toronto, uh, born and raised, um, well, born just outside in Windsor, but uh, really raised in, um, in Toronto and Richmond Hill. And uh, that's my, my city, I feel. Um, I uh, did my first degree in the uh, University of Toronto in engineering, so I got to know a lot of interesting people and have a, a lot of cool perspectives on the development of the city over time. But um, soon after finishing, I actually uh, went overseas. Uh, this was back in 2002. I, I joined up with Doctors Without Borders or uh, Médecins Sans Frontières or MSF yep. and uh, started working in, uh, in countries that are having difficulties uh, related to armed conflict or war or natural disasters. And um, really just with the pursuit of uh, helping people that need a second chance. So a lot of these things are not of their doing, but they're um, suffering because of that. So I took my engineering degree and uh, went into logistics and project coordination. And um, yeah, it was, it was part of some really incredible programs. Um, I think with a, a few people and a bit of resources and uh, you can do a lot. Um, yeah, so um, that that was the, the early part of my career, and uh, yeah, quite a foundational start to to where I'm at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And and of course, again, when I when I met you, which uh, I believe was um, I believe it Long was time late, ago. <laughs> late, yeah, late. Let's say late two thousands. We met, and and, mm -hmm. and in the usual context of of how I meet a lot of people is uh, uh, I was you know discussing possible real estate uh, options with you, which of course, again, is just one of the many topics that comes up at every house party. And I'm sure it includes uh, all the places you've been around the world that every house party ends up with, uh, you know, at, at some point or another, it sort of cross sections with an inter a discussion on real estate, then it goes over to music, then it goes over to food, then it goes back to real estate. Uh, and I found that, you know, just doing this podcast, it's almost sort of the same thing. So why not um, share the story? So I, I, of course, again, I knew you, I think it was, I met you in the early or, or, the, or the mid to late early 2000s. Um, and basically had a chance to sort of, you know, get to know you and, 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 and just sort of find out a little bit about you. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, at the time, and, and I remember the art conversation specifically is, uh, uh, you know, you were talking about uh, upgrading from a mud hut to uh you know to a 
real property. We, we sort of were joking yeah. about that because that's what you were in. So I guess um, we'll start off with that part of it is, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about, uh, um, you know, some of the experiences that you've had, you know, perhaps uh, living in places that, uh, you know, like many of us will never experience. Yeah, well, um, you know, and going back to, I, I believe, um, or I don't don't remember the party, but I believe the, the conversation ended with, hey, Steve, thinking about real estate, I know a guy, you got to meet him. Okay. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad that conversation happened. But yeah, um, through a lot of those early uh, years of my career, the, the 2000s, the, the first decade of 2000, um, yeah, I was living in a lot of remote places like uh, South Sudan, uh, where we would have a plane uh, drop, drop us and um, drop us off at the field location and, and come back every 10 days reprovisioning um, supplies for the medical program we were running, as well as um, some fresh food, which fresh food when you don't have a refrigerator just kind of lasts for a few days and the potatoes and onions last a little bit longer than the, the lettuce and the, the, the carrots. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, and mud huts for sure. Um, and, and that was, uh, unfortunately in that place, uh, mud huts, began to be the luxury thing when when they actually burned down and we we're resorting to tents which are a lot worse than the mud huts but um yeah i guess um geez i, I worked in uh, south sudan for a bit in sri lanka up in the north um when they were still having a, a conflict there yeah. uh, in chad and kenya and ivory coast um, but a lot of these places and a lot of the work was related to um, places that needed some medical assistance, but also needed um, to express some solidarity with the, the suffering of what's going on there, that um, when people are having a hard time, it's um, one good to to try to assist, but mm. but secondly, try to understand their problems and advocate for a better solution. So the, the best way to uh, understand the problem is to go there and and uh, live there and, and hear things directly and, and see things directly, and then bring some of those stories to platforms where they can change them uh, politically. So, and so, sometimes you can't change them, but, uh, but at least some solidarity with uh, with people um, going through problems. So yeah, you know, that that was part of my my life, but knowing that having to have a balance, um, yeah, staying connected with friends and family back home was, was a big uh, piece of advice that people would give me. And I started believing that a lot. So yeah, having some, some sort of an apartment, a one bedroom, something somewhere downtown that um, I could come in, drop my duffel bag, have a, a long shower, uh, get the dust off and um, just kind of <clears throat> reconnect with um, with some of the home um, that, that I had. Yeah, that, that was important to me as well, like home with friends and family. It's, it so, seemed to me yeah. that your... Um your approach to that. And, and again, because, you know, even, even just the, you know, the, 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 the meetup that we just, you know, the most recent meetup that we, you know, ended up having again, a few years back uh, on the Danforth again, was just something that uh, I just, it just felt to me like it was um, a little bit more. And, and of course it's always appreciated by me, but I think for you, just the whole idea of, uh, you know, being back here after being over there, um, is, is sort of, uh, you know, um, at the time anyways, was a, was a very renewing, 
um, you know, something that you probably needed uh, to do. And it just, it just seemed like it was like reconnecting with people, you know, maybe that, that you've known and uh, as simple as again, you know, a, a beer, you know, a beer on the Danforth or, you know, whatever it is that uh, you were able to do with again, friends and you know, people who were close to you. Uh, so it seems to me like that's, that's, that's something that uh, uh, sort of has always been sort of your, your, you know, your, you know, your, I guess your, your North star, I guess, something that sort of kept you, um, focus because I mean, you know, obviously, you know, when I first met you, uh, you know, you were, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And then, you know, a couple of years after I met you, uh, you know, a lot more, you know, let me be direct, a lot more shit happened. Um, so you, uh, you know, you had to basically kind of go through, a you know, a big, um, you know, a big ordeal. Um, and I believe it was, was it around 2012? Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know what you're saying like um yeah i would consider um my friends and family being a, a sanctuary or a safety net um the north star yeah um that that's a good way of describing it like when when things are crazy and hard to understand um yeah it gives direction i, I guess is a good way to get it um yeah and i i felt that i could work in more difficult places uh, because I had the safety net back home and um, th that stability. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, when you're working in a war zone, it, it's, it's difficult. There's stressors, there's um, overwhelming challenges and definitely more challenges than what you can do. And all of them are quite important. Um, so it's quite difficult and yeah, to have a place back home is, is vital. Um, and yeah, in 2012, I, I guess this did come to light with a, a serious uh, security incident. I was working in a refugee camp on the border of Somalia. I was in Kenya, but it was on the border of Somalia. And um, one time going into the camps, I was in a convoy and it was attacked. Um, some people were shot. I, I was shot as well. And then some of us were uh, taken and kidnapped and taken into Somalia. Um, this was, uh, yeah, as you can imagine, uh, traumatic, uh, shocking. Um, I, uh, there, there's tons of words to describe it. Um, fortunately, after four days, uh, there was a militia around that area and they, um, they were able to track us down and they uh, started a, a gunfight and were able to chase off our captors and they rescued us. Again, uh, quite traumatic, and um, yeah, I'm I'm simplifying a lot of things and a lot of emotions here, but um, you know that um, I guess some things that ten years later, nine and a half years later, uh, that I'm reflecting on, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the value of that continued connection back home with friends and family um that that's huge yeah. because when when you go through that and when i went through that i yeah i, I uh, had uh, ptsd or post-traumatic stress disorder uh this is quite a humbling thing that hits people where they might might have used to be quite functioning beforehand but now um maybe having a hard time going outside uh maybe removed from people that they used to be quite close to removed from anything that might have any risk to it or perceived risk to it mm -hmm. as well. And um, yeah, when, when you get um, a problem like that, it's so nice to have people that maybe don't understand everything that you've gone through over the, the time you've been overseas 
through the years you've been overseas, but at least um, they, they don't have to understand everything to be sitting next to you and, and be with you and help you through those times. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, I guess for me, it was quite a lesson that, um, yeah, you can go to places where there is a compromise to your comfort and safety and stress levels, but you got to keep that connection back to your world because mm -hmm. If you do go through something and then you're alone, yeah. that that's pretty bad. And I, I'm very fortunate that I always kept that connection. And uh, yeah, so that, that was that was huge. Well, and again, I, I don't know if there will ever be. And, and, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of being as direct as I can with the way I'm saying this is I don't know if there'll ever be enough time that passes for you to be able to look back and, you know, again, tell the story with, um uh, um, sort of, you know, that it happened so long ago, because it still, you know, still hasn't been 10 years. So the fact is, um, you know, the fact that you went through this, and again, I again, I knew you briefly. And, and of course, you know, friends of mine know you much better than than I did. Um, and just seeing someone that I knew at all, uh, that has gone through that to me was just, uh, uh, again, not even my worst day ever in, in, in any degree of what I've done for a job comes close to going through what you went through. Um, so the fact that again, that you came out of it, of course, all of us were just, you know, just happier than anything that, uh, uh, you know, you're here, you, you, you know, you, you've told the story and, and you, and you, you know, you're, you were, uh, able to, uh, again, um, uh, continue making, you know, making the, you know, making the, making the right, making the wrongs into rights and, and, and trying to, uh, uh, and trying to help those people that, again, you just originally, from what I know, just again, you had, you know, nothing but uh, for, from your first visits uh, with the uh, Doctors Without Borders, it was, it was, it was, again, it was, it was nothing but, um, you know, good intentions. You're not, uh, you know, you're not really, um, I mean, I mean, you're not sure what, what could happen after in terms of, uh, you know, job wise or future wise, you're just sort of going in there with the intention of, uh, you know, trying to make someone else's life a little bit better. And that's, that's sort of what I get, uh, from, you know, from, you know, you, you sharing the story that you, uh, you know, that you went through. Yeah. You, you know, you, you touch on a few things there and, um, I, yeah, I remember uh, a few months after it, um, someone was telling me, hey, uh, be easy on yourself. It's only been a few months. Uh, it's only mm -hmm. been half a year. It's only been one year, <clears throat> years, yeah. five years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think uh, I'm... Um, if I was to judge how I'm doing with it, I, I'm better. And I, I even put far better. Uh, I did a lot of uh, psychotherapy. I had a, a great trauma psychologist that really helped me understand the landscape of what is trauma and what are elements of recovery to it. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, even though in before then, I I knew of things, uh, PTSD, that's the thing that soldiers get um, and didn't realize it. Well, no, it's actually anybody that goes through um, an experience where they perceive their life is at risk or the life of somebody close to them is at risk. Um, it, it triggers different reactions in your, your brain. And um, then there's ways of being mindful of that and kind of real, real solid tools to be able to either resolve things or manage things, or just be aware of when they happen and just avoid things. And I really spent uh, quite a bit of time on the project of my recovery. And mm -hmm. uh, 
I, I'm quite proud about where I've gotten to with that. And not that everything's perfect, but rather that um, I'm, I'm much more aware of um, uh, when bad things might come and how to manage them. And, and then there's also a, another part of it is a post-traumatic growth where mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a bit of a, a more of an insight and, and yeah, insight, uh, gratitude, um, yeah, waking up every day, yeah, it's a good day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you, you know, you, you were talking about um, uh, not having problems in one's average life in Toronto like this. Well, you know, most people I meet who go through a trauma, um, and I used to do this too, always refer to one case that's worse than them and then have this kind of guilt that develops. Well, at least it wasn't as bad as that person, so I shouldn't complain. Mm -hmm. But um, I, th I think it's... Um, it's a generous thing that people do, but it's, it's a distraction from their own healing that I, I think they have to watch out for that. Like, um, it, you know, the person with the broken foot would say, well, at least I didn't lose my foot. Well, no, it's actually still a broken foot. You should, you should get some help with that and yeah. get it back yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 well said, actually, <laughs> very, very well said again, as you've always done. Yeah. Um, but essentially, again, completely unrelated to anything, you're talking about is, I mean, the, the, literally the core element of muscle building is 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 literally breaking down muscle tissue, uh, and and you know it repairing itself and rebuilding as stronger. And this this is like again something that, for some weird reason, as I've gotten older, um, I've understood more and how it relates to everything and and and, and how everything interconnects, which I, I, I truly believe it does without getting too spiritual. But the fact is, again, to go through something very difficult, again, just like if you're trying to gain muscle, you're, uh, you're trying to push your muscles and, and literally like literally damage your, uh, your muscle fibers to the point when they repair, they repair stronger. So mm -hmm. in your case, you went through again, this significant life experience that you did. Um, and then a couple of years later, of course, came the pandemic. And of course, there was uh, a great deal of adjustment for, you know, and, and I'll say everyone, myself included, um, thinking that, you know, are, 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 you know, is this it? Are, are we done now? Because <laughs> the, 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 uh, the buildup and the literature and the, um, the drama couldn't be much better than a Hollywood movie, especially early March, uh, no, early 2020, when um, you know, we, we all sort of got the news. And to me, like, literally, I went outside the day I, I heard about the world pandemic. Uh, and I, and I, 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 everything was black and white. I remember specifically just looking around and everything was black and white. I, I just didn't see colors. I'm like, man, this is okay. This is, this is real. And, uh, um, you know, have I, have I, have I, have I gone through anything at all to get me prepared for this? No. Um, and weirdly enough though, you know, still here a year, a year, 20 months or whatever it is after that. Um, and realizing that there was actually a lot of growth moments, painful, um, mm. but growth moments. So uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. And this is why I'm sort of tying in the story where everyone who's, uh, you know, alive and kicking and listening to this podcast um, has, you know, a bit of a survivor, um, you know, element in them. And again, just, and it varies. Whoops, it just went uh, silent there mid-sentence. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry, just uh, <laughs> wondering if your cat hit the you power You or me? Bar. Okay, no, no, I still hear you. 
Oh, great. You know, I think that's, that's it. That, um, that moment uh, that, or each person's moment when they realize that this isn't normal um, and this could be a big thing. And, and definitely uh, there's a lot of people who had it very hard uh, already through, through the pandemic. Yeah. I, I do see it a little bit as um, this is the first time that a lot of us from the Western world we're experiencing something that has happened in many other countries. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was in uh, Liberia earlier this year and hearing from people when Ebola was happening there in 2015 and, and 16, um, that was incredibly scary. It was just spreading through the, the country and the surrounding countries and just everywhere. And um, it was very bad, um, it, you know, an outbreak like that or, uh, an outbreak of war uh, mm -hmm. is is something that uh, I guess I, I've had more experience with where, uh, yeah, all of a sudden things deteriorate and, and people are grabbing a few things and then walking away from their, their homes, their communities, they're displaced and seeking a place of refuge in camps and we call them refugee camps. And um, yeah, I... I, I think we touched on it a little bit. Uh, most people were able to stay in their homes and um, they got government assistance in Canada. Uh, most people, not everybody. And, and it, I, again, I think it was quite horrible for people, but um, I'm hoping when this is over, there's a little bit of a recognition that uh, there's many parts in the world where it's not over. They're, they they still live this type of uh, uncertainty and, and fear uh, of what's coming. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Again, definitely a lot of, uh, again, a lot of really interesting, uh, interesting stories. Again, this is, this is, this is why I wanted to have you on the show just because you were, uh, again, uh, I, I knew again, our talks alone have been uh, worth recording. And, and this is actually weirdly enough, the basis of, um, me having the coolest people that I've met over the years joining me on the show, uh, them not knowing necessarily what we're going to talk about, but we've had good talks already. And that the only difference here is instead of us being in a coffee shop, talking to each other, there's a microphone in the middle of the room and there's possibly uh, a few hundred or thousand. It's not up to me. It's up to them uh, who find this interesting and uh, sort of tune in and, and enjoy the story. Um, so I guess the, the best thing I can end off with is uh, I guess let's, let's, uh, let's hear about, uh, you know, Steve today and, and, and what's going on with you. And if there's uh, uh, any, uh, you know, any things that you want to mention about what you're doing and uh, any, any, uh, uh, you know, any, uh, events or any um, causes or anything like that that you're uh, taking yeah from. yeah well um yeah i guess uh, since we haven't talked in in some years yeah a, a quick update um and and it kind of relates to to the thing i went through and and building back stronger i think is part of it um I, I had a lot of questions uh, after uh, the incident. I had some physical injuries to, to get through and, and mental health injuries as well. 
And um, I guess this led to a, a grievance with my organization and somehow we weren't able to come to an agreement. So it actually went to court and it came a little bit uh, in the public eye. Yeah. And um, and since then, and, and uh, I guess the judge had found that the organization was grossly negligent, being a heightened level of disregard for staff safety. Um, but from this, I guess the topic of duty of care really got highlighted that even if you're a do-good humanitarian organization deploying people overseas to, to help out, there is still an employee-employer relationship, and you have to be careful. You have to put reasonable measures in place to keep people safe. So um, the judge found that they didn't, and, and that was uh, the verdict. Since then, a lot of people have uh, contacted me about uh, injuries that they had, um, like humanitarian aid workers saying, oh, I got injured here, or this happened to me, and I, I need some uh, support uh, for getting uh, some assistance from my organization or, or getting some accountability. And um, I guess I've been working with people, not necessarily that um, people should sue. I, I think that's the, the worst uh, outcome of a, of a conflict management, um, but rather uh, help in, in the conversation of trying to come to an agreement. Uh, mm. Some people need um, psychologist bills paid or they need medical things covered or they, they've had lost earnings. And um, so getting uh, teams together to support people and getting them through to their closure, not that everything will be perfect again in their lives because they, they might have permanent injuries, but rather that um, they're, they're better off or better off than where they were. So I've actually pivoted uh, my career into doing that professionally. Mm -hmm. So um, I now work with individuals on casework. So really injured people, people with long-term grievances. Um, and I also work with organizations um, Either they hire me directly saying, we have somebody that has a problem with us. Can you help us with the, the conversation? Can you mm -hmm. help us support this person? And um, sometimes it's just uh, writing policies, um, writing policies and trying to implement um, closing the gaps of how some injured people get dropped. Um, you might go through a critical incident, like a, it could be a car accident or it could be a more violent uh, type of thing. But um, yeah, how do we make sure that there's uh, quite a focus of the support to that survivor and, and not a lot of the burdens that we uh, put on people uh, who've gone through things. So that's what I'm doing these days. And I'm uh, both thrilled about it because I think it's very much needed that um, people, when they don't have another route of support, they are still supported. And um, also, I, I'm slightly disappointed that there's still quite a lot of gaps in supporting uh, uh, people. So um, yeah, excited, but um, but hoping one day it won't be needed and uh, I'll go to making pizzas in Italy or, or something. <laughs> That, that yeah. would be a wonderful, um, you know, a, a wonderful sort of not wrap up because, you know, you, you've, you've got a lot of chapters left, but that would be a nice, um, a nice little feather in your cap is, uh, you know, spent five years as a pizza chef in Italy or uh, what, whatever it is that, again, that, that, you know, makes you happy at the moment. And of course, again, all the other stuff that you've done. Um, you know, if, if you believe it as well is, is sort of what got you to where you are and, 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 you know, you mm. can't necessarily, um, uh, you can't necessarily change it. And, and the, the best, the, the best quote I've ever heard, I don't know if you're a fan of, um, uh, the Eagles, the, the band, yeah. 
Uh, Joe Walsh, the guitarist, who is, uh, as a guitar player, like for me, one of my idols. Um, and, and in the documentary, he specifically says that while you're going through it, it looks like this completely, like just all these different things of going on in your life that have literally nothing connected to them. It's only when you look back that this mishmash of events and, and people you meet and everything else is a finely crafted novel. And, and the way he said it, knowing what he's been through and, uh, you know, having worked his way through pretty much every substance known to man uh, to get to that point, it's it was pretty powerful to me. And it still uh, even relates, uh, you know, to my uh, much less exciting uh, uh, journey uh, over, over the years. But uh, definitely everything you've said today, Steve, was uh, fantastic. Uh, and if anybody did want to get in touch with you because they, you know, they heard what you had to say and, and, and want to connect with you, is, is there a, 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 a good, easy way to do that? Yeah. So I've got a website. Um, the address is www.stevedennis.ca. Okay. That's, um, all one word and two ends in the Dennis. Um, yeah. Through there, there's a, a bit more about what I do. Um, yeah. Some, some thoughts on uh, um, survivor centric support and, uh, and a contact button. And uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, for any Anybody who, who's stuck in their recovery, um, I, I'm trying to focus on humanitarian aid workers, but, you know, I, I think I've got enough resources that anybody's stuck, they should get in touch and we can see how best to refer them off. Um, yeah, having a conversation, it doesn't cost them anything and uh, we should do that. Or for people in organizations where they want to support their people better, but they might have a sticking point on yeah, but we can't do this or we can't do that, but we want to. Um, maybe there's there's um, things that I've heard of and other uh, best practices that I can bring to their attention. So, yeah, conversations like that are are free and and all the information should be free flowing. So uh, that's uh, that's the best way. SteveDennis.ca. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you again. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. And uh, by all means, um, uh, I'm wishing you and yours, uh, you know, a, a wonderful and safe rest of 2021. And hopefully it won't be uh, too many more years before we get to sit down and have our next drink on the Danforth or wherever it is that we end up, or maybe it's me having pizza in Rome. Uh, hey. while you're cooking it. So, uh, either way, I'm in. So uh, thanks again, Steve, for joining me. Hey, excellent. Uh, thanks a lot, Paul. This has been great. Great catching up. You too. Mm.